Welcome back to Clueless Content. I'm Beck Joy, you know Noah. How's your week, Noah? My week's been good. Um, well, today's Monday for us at the time of recording. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, um, which is very exciting. Um, I did have class today, which was kind of weird, but it's J term, so like we can't not have class. Um, mm-hmm. Which, side note, I don't really know why. We don't have class on Wednesdays, so it's like, why didn't she just not have class today and have class Wednesday? Whatever. It was good. We talked about um, HIV and the AIDS epidemic, um, and then we connected that to activism and um, how we can support not only the LGBTQ community, but how we as, well, most of our class as we're a predominantly white institution, so most of our class is white, so how can white students support um, minority students? Uh, yeah, it was a really good discussion. How, well, you asked me about my week. I made puff pastry yesterday for the first time. That was fun. Highly recommend. It's actually not that hard. Um, yeah. How was your week? Um, It's been okay. So I moved back to Michigan on Saturday night, I think it was. And yesterday, um, we just, me and my roommate, um, just chilled with some of our friends, which was really good to see. Um, we saw a couple people, and it was just really good to see them and to be with them again. And then I went to Mass, and then I saw a bunch of people there, which was super fun. Um, and then today, so today classes start at 6 p.m., but I don't have any classes till tomorrow afternoon. Um, and so I just kind of have been preparing for the semester, just trying to get some things done that I want to get done for the first week of school, um, for like SEEK and campus ministry. Um, but otherwise it's been a pretty, pretty chill day. I actually, okay, (laughs) this is kind of embarrassing. Not really, but I started watching this movie and I'm almost done with it. I like, I'm in the last probably like 10 minutes or something. Um, but it's called Descendants. <laughs> it's on Disney it's Channel. What? So it came out. Yeah, it what's came it out in. No, no. What's it called? Descendants. Oh, okay. Yeah, it came out in 2015. And it's kind of like, I guess it would kind of be like high school musical for like the people who are like 10 years younger than us. It would kind of be their high school musical. Um, and so there's three, but of course they stopped the production because Cameron Boyce died. So like there's not fourth, but anyways, it's really sad. Oh, dis- um, oh, okay. Because like the entire, the entire like premise of it is basically the kids of all the villains, not all the villains, but the kids of these four main villains go to kind of like the island of all the kids of all the good like princesses and princes and whatever um and it's kind of just like telling their story there and like i found myself really sad during it but it's like i think i watched because it's like so hopeless like i feel so hopeless for like the bad kids because they're like oh like they think their parents love them and then like mulan's daughter like kind of accidentally reveals to them that their parents don't love them and it's really sad 
but it's it's actually like the music is like negative 20 out of 10 but um yep. <laughs> yeah it's really bad music like horrible also music. the costumes Not, are really terrible costumes are really bad but like otherwise it's like it's it's honestly like kind of a good movie um it's not like one of course i'd watch like i don't know every day or anything but it's it's actually pretty good i'm excited to watch the second one (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's committed at this point within the past like moving back to michigan getting ready for the semester to start and watching movies i've watched three movies in the past 24 hours so oh my gosh yeah, I okay. I can't do that. I guess I guess I watched like one and a half movies, but we have had three movies like going, which we never do. But I don't know. It's yeah. been kind of sad out. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, today, um, to get to our topic, today is um a continuation of what we started last week. Um, where we are kind of both getting to highlight um, our one of our studies as undergraduates in college. Um, so last week, Becca Joy talked about theology, um, and this week I'm going to be talking about anthropology. Um, so I'm an anthropology major. Technically, I'm a sociology slash anthropology major. Um, it's two separate, very different disciplines, um, but it's been really increasingly common for undergrad high colleges to combine the two majors into one since it's they're similar but different. So we're focusing on anthropology today. Um, most people that I encounter when I say I'm an anthropology major assume I like to dig up bones <laughs> of dinosaurs. Um, so I'm just kind of wondering, I mean, I know, I mean, obviously, you have heard me talk a little bit about anthropology, but what are your impressions or like, what is anthropology? What does it study to you? Um, well, I, I guess I'm like, not completely sure. So I'm just gonna go off like pretty much what you told me in these two instances. So the first instance is when I was a senior and we were making friend fun of our friend Annika, who like doesn't know what the first part of ologies mean. And I think she thought like anthropology was like the study of feet or something like that. Of feet. <laughs> of feet. <laughs> oh feet. That's so funny. Um, but I don't actually remember. Yep, that's what it is. So, um, and I'm pretty, I don't know. I think that was something to do with like man, to like study of man or cultures or something like that. And then my roommate last year was, was going to take a cultural anthropology class. She dropped out um, of the class, not college, um, to make that clear. <laughs> but good um, I'm pretty sure you said it was like, well, at least cultural anthropology is like the study of like humans and the formation of culture and their culture and kind of like the importance of culture. So that's pretty much all I know. That's, that's decent. Um, I think, so, I mean, you 
saying specifically about culture makes sense because um, technically, um, like the anthropology major at St. Olaf is cultural anthropology. Um, anthropology, the broader discipline, has four main sub-disciplines. There's biological anthropology, which is like the study of um, animal communities. And it's different than from ecology. It's more about, um, like when you hear stories about primates are normally a good example of um, the hierarchical system of primate communities and things like that. That's biological anthropology. Um, but biological anthropology can also be um, more psychology oriented. Um, so it's like, it's like looking at um, human or just animal in general communities from a more um, natural science approach, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably like the most contested, controversial subgroup of anthropology um, for various reasons that we might get into. Um, and then there's linguistic anthropology, which I mean, you can kind of tell by the name is study, historical study of languages and peoples. Um, and then archaeology, which is every kid in the planet knows what archaeology is because everyone dreams of being an archaeologist and digging up dinosaur bones. And fun fact, or, did you do that? Yeah, I was going to say, or you your elementary in... is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in elementary school, bones. yeah, we had a big... Not a big, but like a small sand pit. It's probably and way smaller it, than what we remember it to be. Oh, it's probably <laughs> tiny, but it felt big. Um, and they buried, I don't even know what, but some kind of bones. And then we had like an archaeological dig. It was it pretty was dope. So I don't know if I actually did it, but I think I like vicariously lived through you when you did it. But I'm yeah. not sure if I like actually did it. Oh, it was so good. You can just say you did. <laughs> Uh, so then there's finally the fourth is cultural anthropology which is what I study which um, seems like what your understanding of anthropology is based off of cultural anthropology um, and we'll get more into what cultural anthropology is later um, so first I just wanted to kind of talk about anthropology as a discipline um, also to clarify, I have taken um, intro to anthropology and anthropological theory. So that's where I'm basing my knowledge off of. Because it's sociology and anthropology, I've also had to take sociology courses. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, yeah, that's what I'm basing my knowledge off of. So the discipline itself kind of comes out of this uh, interesting history and uh, um, first the first anthropologists um, were called armchair anthropologists which means that they just like sat in their homes in their offices other people went out and collected data brought the data back to them and then they were just like hmm let's analyze this data and publish a paper um, so those were called armchair anthropologists. They didn't really actually interact with the people that um, 
the data was being collected from. And anthropology, uh, if you know Greek, anthropos means human. So anthropology means the study of humans. So these armchair anthropologists weren't even interacting with the humans they were studying. That's like a scientist not even like having his hands on the chemicals that he's messing around with. Um, so very weird, obviously not very scientific. Um, so then you get this guy named Boaz, Fra Franz Boaz, question mark. Um, and he comes, yeah, Franz Boaz comes around and he takes anthropology to a completely different place by trying to understand the individual in relation to its culture, its biology, and its psychology. So we're talking race, genetics, environmental factor factors, evolution, cultural history, language, religion, art, um, and the psychology, mental health, and all those different things. Um, and it, he really wanted to move away from this idea of um, saying what judging another culture through your own. Um, this is called ethnocentrism. Um, so he wanted to move away from that and kind of go towards cultural relativism um, and establishing a good understanding of different cultures. Um, and Boaz, so this was in 1932. So anthropology is really a, quite a new discipline. Um, and so 1932 is when all these natural science advancements are being made and anthropology is really fighting to be recognized as a scientific discipline. Um, so that's part of what Boaz is dealing with. And the solution um, between Boaz and Malinowski, 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 who comes about 10 years earlier, is to do participant observation, aka get out there, talk to the people all the time. So this like kind of shift in anthropology was a really big moment that um, like made anthropology what it is today. So um, one of the questions that Boaz was seeking to answer was what do humans have in common with each other and what traits are extraordinary in an individual or group of people? So this kind of gets to the idea of the other. Um, have you heard of that like term terminology? I think so, but I'm not 100% sure what it is. Yeah, so the other is like, um, do you, you know how in history we talk about like, there's always a scapegoat. There's always someone who takes the blame or people just blame. The other is like the freaks that everyone avoids. Mm -hmm. um, so, well, biologically speaking, identifying someone as not your own kind is a way that we survive. Um, but this othering in science obviously is kind of problematic when you're just, when that just becomes, let's find all the strange and quote unquote exotic cultures out there and study them. Um, so I'm not going to like 
keep going with anthropology anthropology history of the discipline but eventually it gets to the point where anthropology is like wait a second what we're doing is really not ethical and really mm-hmm. terrible because we are just like studying the exotic and um this is this kind of change of mind happened after colonialism um when they realized all the harm that colonialism was doing on cultures um but yeah so that's kind of like a brief history of the discipline so cultural anthropology is what i study um and cultural anthropology um is as the name implies studying cultures um and specifically um the structures knowledge and relationships of life that make up a culture so this is the definition of cultural anthropology that um actually my theory class came up with um after the semester was over which was kind of fun so and cultural anthropology is the study of humans in a specific context to explore through observation and interaction the structures knowledge and other relationships of life so that we can come to a better understanding of why and how the structures knowledge and relationships are the way that they are and how they shape their world um so i think like um the probably the most unclear part of that is structures um and this term kind of gets thrown a lot thrown around a lot in in sociology um like social construct um and there i was trying to find this quote but i couldn't find it um which i'm so <laughs> mad about but <laughs> the quote is something like this and it's talking about these structures this this is what they are the structuring structures that structure structures what <laughs> aka <laughs> the structuring structures so structures that are it's just repeating the same thing twice okay. basically structuring structures that are structuring structures in other words like um you can think of culture as a really complex web or building that is full of structure and has um like microstructures and macrostructures and you can turn the thing and look at it from a new angle and it looks completely different so um that's the tricky part about studying culture is it's so complex that you really need to break it down and focus on one thing and that one thing that people were focusing on was the other or um suffering is um things like that but um we talked about 2 weeks ago um for our discussion of um what was the town Milan yeah um we talked about the idea of like what is the importance of preserving culture um and that's a question that anthropology seeks to answer but more specifically anthropologists seek to answer the question how are we a product of our culture mm-hmm. um 
and how do we, what causes us to have the worldview that we have. Um, so today I thought it would be fun for both uh, us as like a cool thing to do um, and maybe fun for our listeners to hear um, and do on their own. But um, thinking about what in our life has made us who we are and not like, not who we are, but made us think the way we do and view the world the way we do. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess like my first reaction when you said that is like, this is something, um, I actually, gosh, I think it was back in, it was like late August or early September, but um, earlier last semester, I was um, talking to this person who at that point, I had known her for probably like two months and we had only met virtually her name is Rachel um and she just like she asked me one day when we were meeting um she said like basically she was like how how did you get here and like how did you become who you are um and so this is something that like kind of since that conversation I really enjoyed asking people especially asking people who like I don't necessarily know like super well but I'm like getting to know through various modes I guess and meetings um and so it's been something that's kind of like not really been on like the forefront of my mind but it's definitely something that I feel like I sort of think about often um especially I'll eventually get to my answer but um I guess maybe I'm finding my way to my answer. But um, especially, like, going... First, being in a different state. Being in a different state is honestly, like... I remember a couple months ago, we were talking to Jacob. Um, He was on the podcast about cars. That's all I remember. I think it's called Innovation and Invention. So he said... He said something about, like, yeah, I don't talk to a lot of Trinity students. And then Noah made a comment, and I was, like, honestly, same. And then he said, you know, like, moving to a different country, it really, like, it really changes you. And, like, it it allows you to grow. And I would say, like, even moving to a different state allows you to grow. And, like, I'm literally in a town where I only know two people from, I guess, like, my high school, my high school days, um, it's like, that sounds really weird. <laughs> um, and so I feel like going first being in a different state and then going to a college that is pretty much only Catholic by name. Um, instead of like being in this and we were like in high school in a pretty intensely Christian, um, school I would say and probably 95% of our friends were Catholic um so like being just in a different place as well I feel like those two things kind of like had I guess like they have shaped me even if I like don't 
I don't know. I feel like I feel like your friends come home from college and you're like, whoa, they're so different. And then you're like, but I'm not different, <laughs> even though you definitely are. Yeah. And so that's also been something that I've been thinking a lot about lately is like who who here in Michigan have like formed me to either be the person that I am or to be the person that I am not. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think like, um, Rhiannon, who will be on next week, maybe she might've already been on. Anyway, Rhiannon's on the social media podcast. I'd say she's, oh, yeah, oh she okay, cool. Well, yeah, Rhiannon, you guys know Rhiannon. Um, I I mean, I'd say, honestly, like, she's one of the persons who, persons, yep, that's word, who, like, has formed me, but formed me in a way to be more outgoing, um, or, like, my roommate, Ashley, she, she literally, it was really cool, she got to kind of show me, um, what, what it is to be, like, to be a, um, first-generation college student, like, that is so cool. Um, and yeah, but I think for me, it's like primarily the things that have formed me are like the people, which I can dive more into, but like the people, um, and the places, <laughs> like the places I've gone and the places, the, and the things. And the things. Um, <laughs> but like, honestly, like the people, the people that I have met, I think have formed me like to be who I am and I'm not. Um, and then also just like the, places that we've had the opportunity to spend a lot of time in um you know whether it be Minnesota or for me Michigan or um Indiana or whatever it is um and then also the things (laughs) um like the stuff the stuff that we get to do like um I don't know I I mean like seriously listeners just like just look at your life and just like look at the things that you have gotten to do that are like pretty unique um I don't know I mean I guess like with an increasingly digital and globalized world this is less unique but like last year I just got to randomly every single week talk with the same group of nine girls who live all across the country and like randomly we like I would legitimately trust my life with any of the girls who I have had the opportunity to meet with almost every single week for the past, um, like just over a year. Um, but yeah, I think people, places and things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's good. I, um, it's interesting that your mind went instantly to the people and my mind went instantly to like, uh, my background and my adolescence, like, um, being Christian and specifically Catholic and, um, being raised in a household that is divorced and like going back and Mm -hmm. forth between mom and dads and, um, like being in Circus Juventus as a kid and having a sister who's close to my age, um, and things like that. Um, and I think it's really good that you go to the people because that's something that um, 
when I, I've read, so anthropologists, the way they publish their works is in a genre of book called ethnography. Um, and when I've read ethnographies, they don't really touch on, like it's, well, I, okay, there's ethnographies for everything. Mm -hmm. So maybe I just haven't read one yet, but there, I haven't read ethnographies that really talk about the, like the way that the people, you know, affects yeah, your world. I feel and like those, like the, I think that colleges, I mean, the, there's probably anthropological studies of colleges, but colleges are so interesting because it's such a um, conglomeration of all these different backgrounds in one big melting mm -hmm. pot. And I guess that's true for like yeah. neighborhoods and workplaces too. Yeah, I, th I, th I think it's funny that like you're my first went to background because like, to be honest, I didn't really think about that at all. Because um, I think one thing, um, I don't know if I mentioned to you know on the podcast or not. It might have been on the podcast. But um, I, like, I have this thing with just, like, <laughs> this, okay, I feel like this could sound really prideful, but I don't really mean it to be prideful. I have this thing where I, like, oh, yeah. really try to be countercultural because, um, yeah, I definitely mentioned this on the podcast. Because as I mentioned in the, like, Milan slash Pawnee podcast, I just call it the Pawnee podcast. But in that podcast, um, <laughs> gosh, where is it going with this? Dang it, I don't remember. Um, My mind went to background. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Um, as I mentioned in the Pawnee podcast, I don't love the culture that we are in um I'm not saying like oh I want to move to a different place I'll be yeah anyways okay sorry um just kind of like the age we're in um between like technology and like like outrageous like polarization and all these things like I, I just don't love the culture that we're in some parts are really good um that like we need to keep running with I think but um like kind of the time that we're in right now where we're all kind of realizing like um I'm I guess I'm hesitant to I don't know I literally am blanking on the word rather than like how like white supremacist our society is <laughs> what's the word for that um there's definitely a word yeah, like whitewashed, whitewashed, I guess, our culture is. Um, like, we are really realizing that, and I think we need to keep running with that. Anyways, so there's things like that, but I like to be countercultural, and I think that so often people, which this is not necessarily a bad thing, because, of course, like, your childhood and your background, like, make, I think they do add a significant part of who you are. Um, but when I when I think about it and when somebody asks me a question like that, I automatically turn to the people because so often like the people in my life um, have made a bigger difference than like my situation. Um, and I think that people can get really like bogged down and pessimistic towards like, oh, like I came from a divorced family and blah, 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 blah. 
But then I'm over here like, uh, yeah, but now we have two really hilarious half-siblings who are just the best. And, like, I think that your siblings, Alton and Kate, like, have shaped me, like, have added to who I am. Um, And I know I wouldn't have them if it wasn't for the situation that we were put in when we were younger, where we had to go in between our moms and our dad's houses. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Also, sorry, side note, but funny story about our younger siblings. I brought them donuts on Saturday before I was leaving, and I brought them four donuts because for my dad, my stepmom, my little brother, my little sister, yep, they ate all of the donuts. Like, Alton and Kate ate all the donuts. Oh, my gosh. And afterwards, he's like, sorry, I missed you. Also, your siblings ate all the donuts, and I was like, wow. (laughs) So... Anyway, um, yeah, I think that I think that it is so much of our culture to just like look straight to the background rather than the people. Um, And I guess it wasn't like not intentionally like I'm not going to choose to mention my background. Um, But I think it's also like it's important to look at the people, places and things that like have shaped you, Um, because I think especially if you let the people in your life they're going to make a really big difference in your life. Or you're going to be like, that person didn't make me make a difference in me at all. And I think that sometimes those people kind of contribute to like who you are not, which maybe that's a really good thing. I think that what anthropology does well is it considers the things that you as an individual might not consider about mm-hmm. what has shaped the way you are. Um, and I think that, I mean, I've re- I just realized that I kind of set this up like that's the big anthropology question, but it's really not. Like that's mm-hmm. that's just what I'm interested in in anthropology. Um, but... Yeah, I think that that's something that anthropology does well, is considering things like, um, can't think of a good example, um, like patterns of behavior in the social system that kind of like, you're learning to, um, through the process of enculturation, you're learning to accept norms and practices practices necessary or appropriate for that culture or that community um so that kind of more behavioral side of um who you are and how did that behavioral side of things come around is really interesting um and I think that within the discipline too it's tough to I mean one of the other big questions is like okay what is identity and what does it mean to be human um where was i going with this clearly not doing oh, okay well. both of us are just, <laughs> um i have no idea where i was going with that um 
Yeah, I guess I was just saying that I think that anthropology looks at the things that make you who you are that you might not consciously mm-hmm. think this is who I am. Like when we talk about identity today, it's like I'm a white, straight male, um, white Catholic, and like, yeah. oh, I'm 21. Yeah, I think identity like, that's is it. such an interesting topic because it can it can be looked at in so many different, I mean, so many things can as well, but it can be looked at from so many different angles and through so many different lenses and uh sorry there's a really loud siren going by and it's super distracting (laughs) um um oh my gosh um oh yeah okay sorry i'm so distracted (laughs) um identity identity you can't hear i hear the siren i think oh yeah it's so loud okay there's a really busy street in front of my window anyways um as okay as a girl and i think this is like super stereotypical but it's honestly like a very true stereotype girls are like can be really wrapped up in their identity um and you know like you hear like there's so many cliche things like religious or not like you're not defined i don't think you are but you know like you're not defined by your grades or your failures or whatever it is um but I think, I don't know, just like the idea of identity is very intriguing to me because it's something that I, I guess like I didn't have to think a lot about last year, but it was something that I did um, not only as a freshman, but also, or I, I mean, because I was a freshman, but also um, just leading a group of like seven or eight other women um, it was something that came up a lot of like what what is my like what is actually my identity um yeah I don't know it's kind of always been something that I've never like taken too seriously not too seriously but I guess it's something that I don't really put a lot of thought towards um because it's like it's like what uh (laughs) Maria, Marsha, her mom used to say, like, remember who you are. Um, and I think, like, like who, yeah. I guess, like, who are you? Um, and, like, what what is there to remember about who you are? Which she, of course, always meant, like, you know, don't do something stupid. But um, I don't know. I guess, like, having that, like, ringing yeah. in my ears for all of my high school years pretty much like um actually even before my high school years like um it's kind of always been in the back of my mind is like like who am I and what is there to remember about who I am when I am in you know situation x y and z right yeah I think that's interesting I I've thought a lot about identity and what it what does it mean to have an identity and what encompasses your identity? Um, And obviously that's influenced by conversations um, about, um, I don't know how to phrase this, Um, conversations about, I mean, like going from high school where um, 
very conservative, like Becca Joy said earlier. And it's like, we never even talk about mm-hmm. the idea that someone can be gay. Yeah, it's kind of like... Or trans. Or... Yeah, when, you know, like it's when like somebody... Taboo. Came out, which I, I kind of hate that phrasing. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but when somebody came out as gay, like... I guess it didn't throw the school for a loop, but it, like, kind of did. Because you were, you were, at least I was kind of always surprised. Even if I, afterwards, I'm like, Beck Joy, that made so much sense that they came out as gay. Um, But I think a lot of people, especially if they lived in a more um, sheltered um, house, um, yeah, it was always like, whoa, what? (laughs) Right. So going from that to a very liberal community where, I mean, obviously there's no, I mean, okay, not no, there's not a lot of community communities out there that members who identify as a part of the LGBTQ community do not mm-hmm. feel looked down upon or disgusted mm-hmm. or, you know, things like there's lots of stigmas around it. Anyways, but moving to a a cult, a community where, um, the, like the fight for LGBTQ rights is so prominent and made me have to think, well, one, first of all, what do I think of it? And two, there's discussions a lot about sexual, mm-hmm. like sexuality being a part of your identity. And then it's like, yeah, well, what even is my identity? So that was a long way of getting mm-hmm. to the point of, I've thought a lot about it. And I don't think, I think that I have not really come to any conclusions other than I know that it upsets me that we're defined by our demographics. (laughs) There's a lot of things that upset me. Like there's so many, there's so many um, biases, I don't know, biases towards like, um, I don't know, your age, your gender where you're from I mean even the fact that I had I had a very interesting conversation with um Kevin who was my teacher and my Spanish teacher in high school um we had this conversation about how like we look down on people who are from the south because of their accent for like no reason but then we're like oh British people are like top-notch people because their accent makes them sound like super posh um and I, I don't like that. But at the same time, so everyone from my school is from Michigan. um, And so I am, like, I am the proudest Minnesotan because of that. <laughs> and, like, I totally include that. Like, if somebody said, like, tell me about yourself, probably, and, like, I was here in Michigan, probably one of the first things I would say is I'm from Minnesota because just like being in a school where basically everyone's from Michigan, I have become so proud of that fact. Um, But I guess I wouldn't say like, that is my identity. Like I wouldn't, I mean, of course I'd be sad, but I wouldn't like die if I like moved away from Minnesota like hello I spend most of my time in Michigan (laughs) um but yeah I don't know I don't even know like where even to start 
defining my, for me, I don't even know where to start defining my identity that isn't based in something to do with my Catholic identity. I'm like, with, um, yeah, like my belief in Catholicism. Um, actually, just like my Christian identity, um, to get very, very basic. Um, yeah. I think that part of my issue is I don't like being defined by nouns. Um, like I don't, when, you know, have you seen those things or like, maybe I haven't even seen it and I'm just making it up, but it's like, who is Noah Root? Yeah. Noah is a musician. You don't want to be the basketball guy. Anthropologist. Like, (laughs) Yeah, again. I don't know when we what episode that was, but exactly. It's like, I don't want to just be partially because I think as you were kind of alluding to being that even be like being Minnesotan, there's instantly connects you to a bunch of stereotypes that you might not ascribe to. I don't don't like hockey. hockey. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like also there's so many things. Uh, This is also one thing that I think that. I might be totally wrong on this, but I think that this is kind of something that girls struggle with is um, identifying, identifying things, identifying themselves in things that like pass away, you know, like you are not always going to get A's. You're not like there is a day where I might not consider myself from Minnesota I don't know if that day is actually going to come but you know I may live in some place longer than 18 19 years um and so I would consider myself from there maybe um and so I think that we have this tendency I think this is like part of my struggle with like identifying myself in something that is not first rooted in my Christian faith is that I look around and I'm like, everything will pass away. But I know, I know that this, like, I know this thing is not going to pass away. Whatever, whatever, I don't know. I guess I'd have to think about more. But when I answer these test- questions, it tends to be, like, rooted in the Catholic faith. Yeah. Um, Because I, like, I am sure that that is not going to pass away. Even if, like, the worst persecution happens, like, you know, like we've we've been through that, <laughs> like in the two thousand years of this history. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting that this conversation has turned to identity and kind of the individual, because that is more of the realm of sociology, actually. Um, so that was kind of fun to actually also get to talk about sociological things. Um, but yeah, I agree with what you're saying about the not not enjoying defining yourself by non like things that will change. Um, and personally, I think that yeah. I, while I understand that, I also just like mm-hmm. get that identity is not static. But then at the same time, it's like. It, it's upsetting because it's like uh, identity is not static. So I'm not 
Like there isn't a core to Noah Root or is there or, you know, like, or is even that changing? And that is just like, Mm -hmm. hurts my brain to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, yeah, I mean, I guess like when I think, is there a core so okay for the listeners a little insight um we have we haven't actually recorded the theology podcast but i'll bring this up when we do so that this statement kind of makes sense but um anyways so like in theology we talk a lot about the soul um and like the parts of the soul um the i guess like um identity I I I'm, I don't know I'm not gonna go there but anyways I'm not gonna go there never mind but so we talk a lot about the soul <laughs> and so like the first thing that I kind of think when I think is there core to Becca Joy like that is my first thought partially because I like pretty much spent a semester learning about the soul and the human being um and that's been something that kind of the idea of the soul is like <laughs> I at the same time I'm like not interested in it, but I'm very interested in it. I think I'm not interested in it because like literally every theology gen ed class that you would take here at Aquinas, Dr. Marshall is like um he always goes over the soul. So I've heard it, you know, enough times now. I've probably heard it four times that and studied it an entire semester that I'm just kind of over it I guess but um we talk a lot about um the different things I guess I'll just go there okay we talk about the different like the intellect and the will <laughs> I try I'm really trying to <laughs> back but I just like not um the will are parts of the soul and then like um the desire to eat and um yeah like the desire to learn and then also like does your soul have a sex? In Catholic theology, we believe, yes, it does. There are male and female souls. So, like, for me, like, that is, I wouldn't say, like, at the core, I am a woman. But, like, at the core, in the back of my mind, I understand, at least in my belief, that the souls, like, are engendered, kind of, I guess, would, is how you, you would say, maybe, I don't know. Um, Not engendered, but, like, they, they do have... No sex um and that's what catholic or that's what thomas believe um so those who study under saint thomas aquinas but um which is something that we don't have to get into but i guess like that's where my mind first goes when i think of like a core especially because um something we talk a lot about is kind of the different parts of your soul um the nutritive sensitive and intellectual parts of your soul um kind of drive all your actions um and I think kind of like each of those parts have parts to them as well um yeah I think hearing you talk about this and like with this internal conversation and debate about in my own head of what is identity 
And I like as I was finishing my statement before, I almost was going to say, and maybe that's where you come in, Becca Joy. But then as soon as you started talking, yeah. I was like, yeah, mm, and I think no, that, like, no, 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 no. I don't know. I guess like soul, my soul isn't who I would say I am at the core. Um, but it is like the first thing that takes less time to explain than another thing might. Um, which maybe that is something we'll get into the theology in during the theology podcast probably will um but like for me and this is okay I find this really funny um and I don't think others resonate with me but like when I when somebody says like who you are at your core I think that's something people say um I automatically think of this quote uh by pope john paul ii who was very influential out outside of catholic church but anyways he said something to the fact of like you are not the sum of your failures and weaknesses but the sum of the father's love for you and your capacity to be like his son or love like his son or something like that um and so that's kind of like the very first thing that i think of besides soul um, but I think that is kind of wrapped up in that, um, which is, again, another, it's an entire theological thing. Um, but I don't think people would resonate with that at all. And I think that soul is something that is taken, like it has to be defined because it's taken in so many different routes. Um, just in our society with people wanting to be spiritual, but not religious and all these things. Um and yeah i don't really know where i was gonna end that but yeah yeah i think my issue was more because hearing you describe the parts of the soul my brain instantly was like yeah where is the proof for that and obviously like that's such a defensive could be seen as such a defensive response because there probably is capital T truth in the idea of the soul and these parts that you just said by name. Um, But my instant reaction, especially as since I'm a social science and natural science major, I'm like, Where's the evidence? Also, you don't Where's love Plato, and All that you're is doing definitely is speculating. You know, thing. he definitely talks about the different parts of the soul. So, yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. I think that is one thing. Um, yeah. This is like weird to talk about, like the future when it's like the past and podcast past in podcast time. Probably. I feel like we should have just um, said this was the first one, but that's okay. Yeah, but it is like a very theological thing, and it is something that a lot of people, just like with religion, with theology in general, it's like, where are you getting this? Where are you getting that? Whatever. Um, and like, no, maybe I don't have proof that a tomato plant has a tomato plant soul and that a birch tree has a birch tree soul and a dog has a dog soul and that a female wow I was gonna say a female woman (laughs) female a female human has a female soul like I mean that's true I don't have proof for that and I can't show you like all these charts and these stats and all these things for that um but I don't know I one thing 
that is very um yeah within like the realm of theo 101 is that um theology it comes from four sources and um one of the sources is tradition and i think that it's it is a source that is overlooked um but an important source at that um which we kind of talked about with the pani podcast of like the fact that this um, Ambrosian rite has been going on for 1700 years and that like it's a part of the tradition of the Catholic Church in Milan. Um, and I think that this idea of the soul also comes from tradition um, from like St. Thomas Aquinas, who is over 700 years ago, over, under, about, about 700 years ago. Um, and from his thought, and then Thomas Aquinas got it from Plato and Aristotle, so from their thought, and of course they weren't right on everything, and Thomas wasn't right on everything either, but um, I guess, like, in my understanding, in my belief, the Catholic Church wouldn't hold um, to be true what is not true, because that doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's really interesting you talk about the places that theology comes out of, and I'd be interested maybe in the theology podcast to talk about that, because I think that um, when you say tradition, I think of culture, and then I think of anthropology, and you saying, and I know there's three other things that are not there that I'm not talking about and it's probably unfair of me to make this statement without those three other things but if hypothetically mm -hmm. that was the tradition was the only basis of theology I probably would be like what you're saying is has absolutely no basis and probably would not yeah. even, like just be like nope you're wrong that's not true and not believe anything you say because tradition yeah, not, I think, like, tradition needs like, to be informed by... You know what I'm trying things. to say? I can't verbalize it, but... And, like, if I just really Right, like, if you just believed... That, like, like, I don't even know. Tradition and religion what are not the same. That, I guess, like, uh, the way that we do Mass, the way that Catholics do Church, like, that comes... That not only comes from the scriptures, but that also comes from traditions. But, like, it's important that it also comes from the scriptures. Because if it didn't come from the scriptures, I'd be like... Right. Um, what the heck is this? <laughs> like, am I in a cult? <laughs> like... What's I the point? I very concerned. Yeah. Right, yeah. like, who yeah. told us to do this except human beings but who are not perfect? last week. <laughs> so, yeah, so I... I think that's a fun place to kind of wrap up and just show how intertwined spirituality is with these ideas of culture and tradition and identity. And um, hence the reason that these two podcasts are going to be back to back. Um, so I would encourage all of our listeners to, as hopefully you've been engaging with us and thoughts, um, think about how you are a product of your culture and what things have shaped your worldview. Um, and think about identity. Is there a 
true identity that is yourself or is it always going to be changing and flowing um we would love to hear your thoughts these are the things that we've been talking about in the milan episode and anthropology and upcoming or previous theology are all really fascinating and both becca dre and i are as you may be able to tell very interested in it so you can email us Clue at, podcast um, at gmail.com. Clue. Or yeah. DM us at clueless underscore content on the gram. All right. I'm going to go finish yes. Descendants. All right. Bye. I'm Goo.